Welcome, friends, to episode five of the Grown Up Gaming Podcast. I am your host and moderator, Mike, and as always, I am joined by the king of swing himself, Brandon. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Awesome. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, life is good. Put the baby down. Poured Let's myself go. a nice, uh, nice good glass of Dalwini scotch for those the the uninitiated and yeah uh, i was gonna say yeah with the fox del witty yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a very nice little little scotch you know it's a nice it's my point of diminishing returns you know it's a hundred bucks gets you a, a great bottle of scotch and much more than that you don't really like if you did a pepsi challenge you're not going to be able to taste that much of a difference and uh that much cheaper you get a lot better scotch so yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, it's a good time, man. Scotch is gross, so let's continue. Um, on on today's episode, we are going to be talking about uh, the crazy announcement that actually just dropped today. So this is some some pretty breaking news, Brandon. Oh. Um, really excited about that. Uh, we don't want to spoil it, so I will wait, and you'll have to hold on and find out. Um, from there, we're going to go through um, this week in video game history. Brandon is going to be reviewing Demon Souls for PS5, as well as uh, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the brilliant studio known as Blue Point Games. Fantastic studio. Yeah, they're dope. As always, if you enjoy the show, please drop us a like and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. It really helps us out. And with that, let's get down to business. Oh, yeah. What you got for us first, Mikey? To get it rolling, let's kick things off with In The News. Brandon. Yes, Mike. (laughs) Did you hear the news today, sir? I heard some news, but what is the news? All right, man. So this came out of nowhere. This actually came out of nowhere, but to kind of like, like, let the cat out of the bag um they announced an indiana jones game oh shit who's making this beauty so it's going to be a brand new indiana jones game um and it's going to be made by bethesda Ah! yeah which is crazy so it's xbox exclusive what are they doing what do you mean what are they doing man bethesda xbox just spent what seven and a half billion dollars buying bethesda we're yes, Sony. We're, we're, like, uh, man, I might have to. That's actually a big buy. game. That's yeah. a big, yeah. That's that's a big game for them. Yeah. So either way, um, so today they announced that Bethesda and Lucasfilm Games are going to be collaborating to come out with a brand new Indiana Jones game. The game itself is going to be published by Bethesda, and they're known for obviously um, games like Doom Eternal, Fallout seventy six, and the Fallout series because seventy six wasn't that great. Um, Rage two, Deathloop, and the Elder Scrolls games. So the game is itself is also going to be developed by Machine Games. So they are the studio that was acquired by Bethesda back in twenty ten. And they were the ones who developed all of the Wolfenstein games. So Wolfenstein 1, Wolfenstein 2, um, the DLCs, all that kind of stuff. Solid games. Those games were awesome. Yeah. That's a hell of a pedigree, realistically. So many (laughs) of those games are beloved and excellent, minus 76. So just don't hold that against them. They They killed it all the time. Somebody might have been going through like an alcohol addiction or something. Who knows? Got a recent divorce and that game just like was the runoff of whatever was going on in their life. So yeah, they're better now. 
Oh yeah, and they've they've improved the game, but still, still definitely a uh, a spot on their resume. That's fine. Everyone has one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, the game itself is going to be produced by Todd Howard, and Todd Howard has been with Bethesda since about '94, and he has directed and produced um, the Elder Scrolls games, Fallout Three and Four, as well as '76, and the Skyrim games as well. So Todd Howard is like a, a video game like god like he's up there with the the pinnacle of like the top creatives in the industry and someone who's been around so kind of him being the helm of the game um is just just another kind of check in the right box for them oh for sure so brandon let's let's go did you watch the trailer did you get a chance to check it out i started it and then my child started screaming so i haven't been able to finish it yet yeah (laughs) okay you wait you've heard him scream i sent you the video afterwards that's true the little man is a monster yeah um okay so for the actual trailer itself um so it's only a quick 30 second trailer it kind of is a panning shot that you see a notebook you see a typewriter um you see a plane ticket and there's i'm sure a ton of stuff in there that people are already deep diving and looking at and trying to figure out like the different nuances and you know how the internet gets with trying to figure out clues and things like that but do you see the whip at the end you do okay so so okay. so while 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 the the camera is panning across um you hear the legendary score from john williams dun, dun, playing dun, dun, in the background dun, yeah you dun, hear the dun, indiana dun. jones and it, and it slowly ramps up which is really cool and like it's very, it's playing very faintly in the background and then yeah you see the hat so you see the hat for like a split second and then someone lifts the hat and underneath the hat is the whip and then it's like hard cut hard <laughs> cut to black oh just hard cut to black no no title no anything just like hard cut but everyone knows you hear the music you see the whip you know what you're getting in for exactly but the question is is this going to be the indie that we know picking up this whip is it going to be prequel with sean connery as the dad picking up that whip r.i.p sean uh sean connery and then or or is it going to be like the shitty crystal of the skull movies where they just bring in some like shia labeouf even though i love shia labeouf uh, but someone else that's like just super wienerish and is now his kid or is it going to be super badass and it is actually Indiana Jones's kid and you're like he's training the next generation to be badass and he goes on his first adventure there's a lot of things that could happen here yeah I honestly I think with just such a big like there hasn't been an Indiana Jones game in years yeah probably things since like Super Nintendo I would say maybe one on N64 but like which kind of makes it's sense been... too, because licensed games tend to have a really spotty past. So, mm-hmm. it's not till more recent times, I guess, that things have given given a good shot as being a good game as a licensed game, aka uh, like Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so you know. I'm hoping because it's Bethesda and they just hit bangers left, right, and center. But they're also known for open world RPGs. Yeah. Like, so, so that's the, that's the thing. So so with the game, I think it's going to be like Indiana Jones. I don't think you're going to be playing as his son I or hope, his I daughter so. I'd love or to. anything like that. Like I think it's yeah. going to be indie. For I'd sure. love to see like a young Harrison Ford face and just like his voice, even like uh, sound bites that he can do to make up for now, and just like, do the whole dialogue himself almost. I would love that. Yeah, man. Honestly, just make Raiders. Imagine yeah. they made Raiders of the Lost Ark the game and like like. But, like, new, obviously, they had, like, Raiders of the Lost... I think they had a Raiders of the Lost Ark game for, like, Atari. Mm-hmm. But, like, just a, a new Raiders of the Lost Ark. But 
Um, but yeah, so the like Bethesda as well as machine games. So machine games is known for first-person shooters with Ooh. the Wolfenstein series. Okay. Right? So all of their games have been first-person shooters and more linear, so not as open world. Obviously, Bethesda as a studio is known for more open world. So I think they can take that in either way. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what they decide on and what they what they end up doing with it because We've had, obviously, Uncharted, which is probably the closest thing to an Indiana Jones video game. Yeah, which was incredible. Now, yeah, and Uncharted is, like, one of the greatest series in video game history. And hopefully soon so to be a now great with, movie. Yeah, it's going to be so... We talked about it, man. Well, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Mark Wahlberg. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be really interesting. And I, you know what, Brandon, until you said it, I didn't even think about it, that this is likely going to be one of the first Microsoft exclusive Bethesda games. Yeah. And you know what, which, depending on which way they take it, if they go the way of Indiana Jones's namesake and what he's named after, the family dog, it could be a charming little pet simulator where literally it's just like Indiana Jones grabs his hat and his whip and his books is like, see you later, pup be a good doggy while i'm gone and it's like two hours of just like destroying shit which then i don't think people will be upset but we know it's going to be an amazing triple a quadruple a even who knows big like dick swing from microsoft to be like hey guys come back to us this is our exclusive yeah and honestly i think like i think they're also going to position this game to be to compete against sony's uncharted right like so before so sony's always had uncharted since playstation 3 and microsoft's first attempt to kind of challenge them in that genre was um microsoft had exclusivity to the tomb raider games i was gonna say yeah the, right, right? At the start, so yeah. so they they got exclusivity to i believe the second tomb raider game and it did not do well commercially at least until after when it was then released on all the systems and things like that but it definitely wasn't a big enough ip to hold itself up against Uncharted, where I definitely think Indiana Jones is a big enough IP to it's it's enough like, to get hold the buzz. itself up against Uncharted for sure. It's it definitely can get the buzz because like, even people like myself that grew up on those movies, uh, if it has any tie-ins to to the movies, like or even if it doesn't, I just love the character, so that'd be great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and just from what you said before, Xbox had a one-year exclusive on Tomb Raider. I remember yeah. this because uh, since I had both consoles, I, this is one of the only games I bought on Xbox One because I just didn't want to wait a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other thing, too, is I believe they're working on another Indiana Jones movie. So this could okay. be this could be slated to either be a movie tie-in. It could also be slated to come out around the movie or just take advantage of kind of the re the reintroduction of indiana jones into kind of pop culture right yeah um obviously indiana jones hasn't been around since the crystal skull one in and <laughs> even that it was like they, they not his greatest outing movie. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of kids right now who have never seen or heard of indiana jones and kind of him coming back in both movie and video game form um i think it's gonna make disney a ton of money oh, and like I just just spitballing this too. I think of uh, Ocarina of Time style, where maybe the first half of the game is like origin story Indiana Jones, or like the first quarter, and you're like a kid, and you do your first missions or whatnot, like those terrible movies that they made of like young Indiana Jones, and then they go into all three movies, 
namely all three, not including Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, so uh, and they kind of do like one episode, like one, you know, like act or one chapter per movie to kind of streamline it a little bit to get like to catch people up or a little bit more. Who knows? And then it's just like, all right, it segues right into the new upcoming movie storyline where you have to go see it to finish the story. It'd be kind of cheesy, but that could be kind of cool at the same time. Well, it is in the right hands. Yes, and exactly. All I know is that I'm excited, and like, yeah, this definitely will make me consider getting an Xbox, getting a Game Pass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 for sure. Like, I think it's a great move on Microsoft and Bethesda and Disney's part, because um, again, like, now they can introduce this, they can make it into a trilogy of games. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's why I thought, like, you know what, on one side, if they do it as a prequel style, and even if they keep him as a young, like, teenager at the, like, throughout the first, whole first game, maybe, and it's his first adventures, then they really don't have a limit to where they can go. Like, they could literally do two games of that, and then maybe do, like, a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark complete game, but now with extended scenes or, like, extended story or gameplay, and then maybe, yeah, like, you're a, playing the what happened afterwards, or, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So there's like, a ton of different ways that it can go. Exactly. So yeah, it's a good franchise awesome. to bite into. Mm-hmm. So the other kind of the the second half of this introduction came yesterday actually. So yesterday um they actually announced that Lucasfilm Games was going to be returning. So yesterday they came out with the sizzle reel, but the sizzle reel was only Star Wars. So it kind of showed Star Wars games that had just released like within the last year or two, um, as well as kind of the, the Star Wars games that are currently slated to come out, like the new Lego Star Wars. And what they announced is that all of these games are going to be living under the Lucasfilm Games umbrella, um, which is really cool because so Lucas, it used to be called Lucas Arts, and that was a game publishing studio from back. It started in 1982, um, and then from there, well, it's actually known as Lucasfilm Games until 1990, and then it was rebranded to Lucas Arts, and it, that ran from 1990 all the way up to 2013, and that is when Disney bought um, bought Lucas, like they bought Star Wars, they bought uh, Indiana Jones from LucasArts, or from George Lucas, I should say, for, I think it was like $4 billion. Um, Something like that. Yeah, yeah, so they made that back in the first year. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So they bought, they bought LucasArts, or they bought LucasFilm, and as part of that deal, they decided to shut down LucasArts, and then from there, they've just had, like, the Star Wars games. Um, right now, actually, EA has the license to do all the Star Wars games until I believe it's 2023. Um, so to see Lucasfilm games return is actually pretty awesome. So at this moment, it's only going to be, they're just more of like the licensing wing of it. So it's kind of any game that is licensed, whether it be um, Star Wars and Fortnite or um, the EA Star Wars games, like Lucasfilm games will appear as like the licensing arm of the company. But the the EA Star Wars licenses ends, like I said, in 2023, which could potentially mean that they're going to kind of take video games back under like the Disney umbrella. Yeah. And they'll have sense. their own internal studio as well, which is pretty sweet. Oh, that'd be incredible. And like, I, I so with all the the, with all the remakes going on right now all i can think about my first question is am i remembering this right that shadows of the empire was made by the original lucas arts let me look brandon 
Oh, yes. Because I don't know if for anyone else listening that grew up on 64 in in that game playing as Dash Rendar, and that was just the greatest game. Like, I had so much fun playing that game, and I really doubt that it holds up today. But if they went back and made, like, a badass full HD remake and like I don't know Dash Rendar has upgradable components and weapons and like I was like almost like a Fallen Order style RPG elements to it that could be incredible yes Brandon it was developed by LucasArts I had a feeling that is yeah, awesome and Lucas, LucasArts made some freaking awesome games back in the day so LucasArts was actually known for a lot more than just like your star wars and your indiana jones games so they were actually known for their point and click adventures so they they were known for um the secret of monkey island uh day of the tentacles sam and max as well as kind of the like all of the star wars games of the past so super star wars for snes is definitely one that comes to my mind um that was i think one of the best star wars games that's ever been made as well as star wars rogue squadron i was just ever played rogue so was rogue squadrons like a freaking brilliant game was that that was on gamecube yeah oh okay so i'm thinking of the 64 one i think where it was all ship like all x wings a wings y wings and it was all ship based combat but in like dog fights and mini sandboxes yeah that was that was rogue squadron as well and i think i believe rogue squadron was a launch title on the gamecube and it was like oh, okay. it was just a really great game gotcha yeah that was incredible i played that all the time mm-hmm. and Along with my Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, I guess we'll check it out. And for anyone out there who hasn't played Day of the Tentacle, uh, go back and play it. They released an HD remake of it not too long ago, and this game was made by Tim Schafer, who now runs Double Fine Studios, and it's an awesome point-and-click adventure. Um, you play as, like, three kids, and, you, yeah, it's the Day of the Tentacle. It's awesome. Just, yeah, it's dope. What an inviting um, title. <laughs> sounds like a Japanese movie. Dope. Um, so anything else? Any so that was like those two were definitely like two of the biggest or the bigger news of the week that I wanted to get to, especially the Indiana Jones ones. Again, that was announced uh, earlier today, so I knew that we had to throw it in the show because I think that's a it's a, gonna be a very monumental game from a lot of standpoints. Again, Microsoft going toe to toe now with Uncharted, um, which is a Sony game, and Indiana Jones coming back to both the big screen and like the video game realm. So, like, I think it's the start of something very, very interesting and something very cool with bringing back Lucasfilm games as well. So, just very just I don't know, yeah, a start of something very beautiful. I think cool and interesting is actually a good way to phrase it because of a couple reasons. Cool as in like kids like me and you, you know? We we grew up on this as kids, I should say. Where you see Indiana Jones, you're like, oh shit, yeah, like original treasure hunters, original adventures, it's awesome. Interesting part though, is that we are no spring chickens. We're not old by any means, you know, but there is a lot of couple generations below us that are gonna see this and be like, like what the hell is this? Like, is this a uncharted ripoff? Like, what's going on? This and then their parents or like are gonna be like, What are you talking about? You saw this movie in theaters, like when your mom was pregnant or something. Like, you know, it's just it might not land with a newer generation. Uh, so they're gonna have to try and actually compete with Uncharted as maybe the forefather in their opinion. Kinda like when the internet blew up when Katy Perry did the uh, halftime show 
at the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and then Missy Elliott came on stage, and Twitter was going nuts with all these younger generations being like, oh wow, Katy Perry, so nice of her to share the stage with this nobody, and every adult is like, are you high? Do you know who Missy Elliott is? Like, there would be no Katy Perry, there would be none of this, like, so much stuff. And it's just, I wonder if we're gonna get one of those, where it's a bunch of people being like, hey, Uncharted movie's coming out this year. Uh, what's this Indiana Jones old person re- like ripoff? And is this going to be? I don't know. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know. I love like I love Nathan Drake. It, Uncharted is probably one of my favorite video game franchises, but Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. I don't think anyone can. There, there's no adventure mm-hmm. greater than Mr. Jones. Yes, and it it is nice because you do get the buddy comedy with Nathan Drake. Yeah, Nathan Drake versus Sully. And then in Indiana Jones, he's the same person. He's his yeah, own buddy comedy. Sure. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, exciting stuff. We will continue to monitor it. We will continue to keep our eye out on more news. And we will be delivering it here first for you beautiful, beautiful listeners. And with that, let's go... Brendan, let's go into our next segment. Oh, and you know which, what that is? Which you know we, what we're going to do? What are we doing? What are we doing, Mike? We are going to be taking a look at this week in video game history. This week in video game history! In this segment of This Week in Video Game History, I'm going to actually be going through some of the amazing titles that had come out over this week throughout the gaming history. And Brandon is going to say, hold up or keep it rolling, depending on if he wants to talk about it or if we want to just kind of move on to the next one. Uh, Brandon, you ready, homie? Oh, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So first one, starting January 11th. So January 11th, 2005, 16 years ago, Resident Evil 4 was released on the GameCube. Brandon, hold up or keep it rolling? Hold up. That oh. is <laughs> that yeah, is yeah. one of the, like, what a way to start, you know? What Probably the most well-renowned Resident Evil game of all time. Yeah. yeah, Resident Evil Four was Resident Evil Four was a masterpiece that has now been on pretty much every console since it was released on the GameCube. Exactly, it's it's incredible. Uh, I actually most recently played it on. I went down a whole binge path when Resident Evil Two Remake came out, and literally played two, four, five, six, and seven. And four is still holds up even with its kind of archaic uh, controls. So, yeah, hoping for I, a real remake. I, I think four, 4 is definitely my favorite Resident Evil. Oh, it's Minus, I would probably say 4 and then the Resident Evil 2 remake after that. I was going to say, yeah, that Resident Evil 2 remake is incredible. Like, yeah, just it's, perfect. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But Resident Evil 4 was just so different for its time. So, Resident Evil 4 was the first game that really, like, it got away from the mansion. It got away from kind of that... that like traditional Resident Evil formula of being in like a mansion or a spooky kind of house, and instead you were in a Spanish village. Mm-hmm. Um, that was spooky as hell. The, the, yeah, it was tentacle spooky. monsters the Las, the Las and all kinds of shit. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, with one of the probably the one of the best openings to any game when you're in the village and they're and they have the church bell ringing. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and the 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 guy who has the chainsaw with like the potato sack over his head oh, and stuff. Yeah. That, shit's terrifying and it was the first step towards action 
like more of a yes. like still spooks still a little survival horror but a lot more action heavy which they then yeah. leaned in way too much into in six yeah six was terrible five was cool yeah i um, loved five five was cool but five yeah five is definitely on the more action than horror yeah. side but four four was like such a beautiful mix of the two like you were saying it was kind of it had fast moments it had slow moments it had change in scenery it had like interesting story great enemies um and just really phenomenal gameplay oh yeah incredible and it's just it still holds up today which is something and when i played it it was basically the gamecube version but ported to ps4 and even with the kind of shoddy old controls the game still felt awesome and fun even after playing something like resident evil 2 remake playing those back to back and it's still holding up is pretty impressive considering the controls are perfect in, yeah. in two. Yeah. Um, and Resident Evil 4, even it being released on GameCube first was a really big deal um, from back in the day because obviously like GameCube being known and well, Nintendo being known as more of a family console, Resident Evil being very much a mature game. There weren't a lot of mature games on GameCube. There was like the Resident Evil Zero and also like Eternal Darkness. And besides that, that was probably that, that makes up like the, those three games probably make up like 80% of the mature rated games on GameCube. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm sure that we'll touch on this a little bit more in the future because Resident Evil 8 Village yes. is coming out. Yes. Which looks like almost wait. like a spiritual successor to 4. So yep. because we could deep dive on Resident Evil all day and it's yep. smorgasbord of lore. Yeah, and the best part of Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 2 Remake, no spiders. So, let's continue <laughs> on. Uh, Brandon, January 11, 2003, 18 years ago, we got Dynasty Warriors 3 on PS2. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling, sounds good. January 11, 2009, which is only two years ago, but we got the definitive edition of Tales of Vesperia. Hold um, which up. was released on the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. I actually love the Tales series. It's a very fun yeah. little... Uh, JRPG series doesn't do anything groundbreaking in my opinion it's just it's just always a good reliable JRPG to go back to cool I haven't played any of them but I know they are I know the Tales games are very good uh, yourself uh, Eric Eric talks about them all the time so I know if in terms of JRPG if that's your style if you haven't played any of the Tales games highly highly recommend them oh yeah they're all good pretty much Cool. Moving on to January 12th. So, Brandon, January 12th, 2003, uh, double header day there. So we had, uh, which is also 18 years ago, uh, Panzer Dragoon Orta was released on the Xbox. That's a, uh, this day is definitely a split hold because SimCity, meh. But Panzer Dragoon Orta, I played so much of. I and love that game. It's Is it the on rails, like on rails dragon shooting game? Uh, Yeah, it's like kind of continuous movement through like dogfighting on a dragon basically with different power-ups and I haven't, I haven't actually played it since it came out so i'm going on a 18 year old memory here but uh yeah i remember playing it non-stop and had a blast with it dope dope yeah, yeah. panda dragon i think panda dragon is gonna make a return some which some way or another in the next couple years but uh yeah and then the second game of the day for uh january 12th was SimCity 4 so that was released on PC. Um, SimCity, obviously one of the most influential and impactful like video game franchises of all time. But I did not play it very much. Brandon, did you ever play it very much? I tried because I had a girlfriend back in the day that loved it. So I'm like, okay, I've always wanted to find a girlfriend that'll play video games. So I gave it a try. I'm like, this isn't a video game. This doesn't count. 
and I just kind of never really played it again. No, yeah, SimCity is cool. Sims is Sims is weird, but SimCity is dope. Um, January twelfth, two thousand seven, which is fourteen years ago, Lost Planet Extreme Condition was released on Xbox three sixty. That's a hold up. That game was up. awesome. Uh, yet again, fourteen year old memory. Never replayed it after beating it the first time, but. I rem- that game still sticks out and I still have kind of like flashbulb memories of the badass Gundam sky battle at the end of the game those weird alien monsters and like constantly having to keep your thermal levels up which always added a little bit of like a little bit of fear because you you always had a little bit of panic because you didn't want your heat to, to go and you freeze to death in the middle of a level so it, it was cool the thing that I remember about that game is at the time, I was really blown away by the graphics. Um, that's still like it, it's it was an Xbox 360 title, but the game takes place in this like kind of like in like a frozen planet wasteland. That's why it's called Extreme Conditions, and um, you're surrounded by snow. And the the kind of the aliens that you face, they look like if you've ever seen Stormship Troopers, they kind of remind you of Starship that, and they have troopers. glowing Starship Troopers. Sorry, not Stormship. You got Either Star way. Wars on the um, mind, man. It's okay. Was... <laughs> no, fucking Lucas, yeah. Lucas Films. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and they're and you shoot them and but just I remember walking around and just being so blown away that like when you walk through the snow it leaves footprints. That was like new at the time in terms of like video game development. Huge. So I I remember that game looking really cool. Yeah, shit like that was incredible. Like I remember even for Xbox in the original Halo, that was one of the selling points when I was at EB. The guy's like, Yeah, if you shoot this rock, that bullet will be there if you come back at the end of that level. And I'm like, that's mind blowing. Like that's crazy. I'm used to bodies disappearing in front of me, like out of nowhere. Yeah. So I remember that transition too from going from like again as he goes like the yeah. first time I saw SSX and like the snowboarding oh. game and you see the trail of snow and you're like, oh Jeez. shit, what is this world coming to? Man, um, all Starship right. Troopers and SSX. That's two nostalgia or reality versus nostalgia things right there in the future. Yeah, SSX tricky. Yeah best sports game of all time yeah. uh okay continuing forward january 12th 2010 11 years ago army of two the 40th day is released on ps3 and xbox 360 uh, keep it rolling for me cool uh so moving to january 13th so uh january 13th 1995 26 years ago bust a move was released for super nintendo in japan that's uh, keep it moving for me as well Cool, bust a move, classic arcade game, but let's keep it moving. Uh, January 13th, 2004, 17 years ago. This one's hard to believe. I can't believe it's been 17 years ago. But <laughs> NF- NFL Street was released on PS2 and GameCube. Brand, do you ever play NFL Street? So I did play NBA Street a lot. When it came to this style of arcade football, it was a, it was Blitz for me. That was, uh, or Hits, yeah. sorry. not Blitz was the Hits, hockey version. Yeah uh hits was yeah no no other way blitz was football okay so i did have it right yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. yes both of those were excellent but yes no nfl street i never actually played it it was good it was good nba street is still top tier nba street yeah nba street it still holds up it's amazing i wish they brought back another nba street if i could probably wish for one franchise to return NBA Street would be on that top, like the top of that list. Oh, uh, Legacy of Kane for me, Soul Reaver series. Yeah, Soul Re- I think that's. I think it's going to come back too. You, there's you a lot of love for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but either way, NFL Street, amazingly fun arcade <laughs> game to play by yourself, to play with your friends. Um, just hard hitting football game that like you crack bones and 
suplex people and it's just like a, a crazy arcade <laughs> like game that everybody was should be fun. dead by the end of the game basically and those by the end of the games. game dude by like literally <laughs> 13 seconds into the game yeah um <laughs> all right so january 13 2009 uh 12 years ago lord of the rings conquest was released on pc ps3 and xbox 360 uh keep it rolling for me cool January 13th, 2010, 11 years ago, we had Dragon Age Origins uh, Return of Ostagar. The DLC was released on Xbox 360. That's a hard holdout for me. Man. All right. So this, as much as it says DLC, this was a separate disc. This wasn't a downloadable DLC. This was a, like, this was released. This was on shelves. It was a big deal. It was like a second half of the original game. It was so cool. Um, just gave you more of the same, actually, realistically. But it, I just love the... As you guys probably heard me talk about before, I love Dragon Age as a series and a franchise. So, yeah, I was super pumped, and I played the shit out of this DLC. <laughs> uh, on January 14th, 2003, um, 18 years ago, War of the Monsters was released on GameCube. So this was a first of even hearing it for me. So that's a roll... Keep it rolling for me. Continuing forward, January 15th, 1999, 22 years ago, which makes me feel old because I have this game on PlayStation 1, <laughs> is WCW versus NWO Thunder. So I was always a WWF guy myself as a kid, so I uh, I never actually played those. Okay, cool. Me, me and my brother, we spent a lot of time sitting each other with chairs, both in video game <laughs> and in real life. And that's the <laughs> thing, man. I, I don't know. I grew up with the sisters. So, like, we, we you get to play fight a little, but it's not the same. It's not like not hitting each other not with the same. chairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the same. No. Uh, but that also probably explains why you're smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Uh, on January 15th, 2003, 18 years ago, Resident Evil 3 was released on GameCube. So this one is like a half stop for me because I actually have never played Resident Evil 3, even when I when I mentioned before how I replayed pretty much all of them uh, in a row. I left 3 because the HD remake was coming in a few months, so I was holding out for that. And it was a full price game for like six hours of gameplay. They chopped off all this stuff off the main storyline apparently, so I've just been waiting for it to go on a decent enough sale to justify like... 20 25 bucks 30 bucks maybe yeah. tops yeah to play this six hours of game just just to experience it yeah for sure i waited i know for resident evil 2 remake i think i got it at like 25 bucks and it's Same. like that was a fantastic 25 dollars. oh right yeah there. i would have spent more than that knowing what i was getting but this one yeah yeah no if i got res if i got resident evil 2 remake for 25 dollars in hard copy resident evil 3 I technically should only get 15 dollars from me so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Cheap ass. All right, on January 15, 2007, 14 years ago, WarioWare Smooth Moves came out on the Wii. Uh, never played. It's great. So roll for me. Okay, cool. It, we'll keep it rolling. It... Uh, if anyone does have a Wii and you see WarioWare Smooth Moves like at like whatever, a thrift shop or like an EB Games for like five bucks, buy it. It is one of the one of the best party games you'll ever play. Um so January 15th, 2013, eight years ago, DMC Devil May Cry was released on PS3 and Xbox 360. I love the Devil May Cry series as a whole. I think okay, I've so talked about it before, about my original memories of the original. So the DMC kind of revitalization was cool. I, it was a really good game. 
Yeah, and that's what I was gonna ask you. So when Devil May, so Devil May Cry had like a huge, or it still does have a huge fan base, but Dante, who's the main character, always had a very particular look. And with the DMC Devil May Cry, it was a radical change in like gameplay yes as well it was a change in studio um but dante did not look like original dante and the internet went wild with like hate but i thought this game was amazing that in fact i think this is my favorite devil may cry game uh, i definitely wouldn't agree with that but it was a <laughs> great game i also was like I- i'm willing to give almost anything a try once so when I saw that it was a drastic change of form, I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know what? I will, I'll bite in, I'll play it. I still played it at, re- at release, but I do find it nice that say Devil May Cry 5 that came out, you see OG Dante again, and that this one kind of didn't stick. And if anything, mm-hmm. he kind of just morphed into Nero. <laughs> yeah but, in a way yeah it does look like Nero now yeah so I'm like I'm good with it like DMC it was a good time it was a standalone I kind of keep it as like a bastard adopted redheaded stepchild but it, it's the one that you really love and cherish and yeah yeah it's a good it's yeah. a good stepchild yeah exactly <laughs> on January moving to January 16th um January 16th 2007 14 years ago uh world of warcraft the burning crusade was released on pc and mac with great shame and some regret i say i'll hold up (laughs) i played so much wow in high school uh ridiculous ridiculous amounts consumed my life but yeah it was uh it was a cool expansion and yielded the same result as every other world warcraft game i ever played where eventually i just look at myself in the mirror and say what the hell am i doing with my life and uninstall the game but up until that point it was good (laughs) i didn't play any world of warcraft i'm very proud of that yeah Um, that's why i got shame (laughs) uh january 17th which is the last day of this week in gaming uh so january 17th 1997 24 years ago nba hang time was released on x uh, sorry on nintendo 64 man that's like baby years for mikey uh no no i'm actually i never really played the nba games back in the day so i don't really have much to say on them Okay. Hang time was fun. Hang time was uh, it's it, it it was uh to compete against NBA Jam, which is like the most classic yeah, of all I do NBA arcade games. Um, and NBA Hang Time, I had it on PS One, and it was very fun. It's not as good as NBA Jam, but it's it's fun as hell. Um, on January seventeenth, two thousand five, sixteen years ago, The Punisher was released on PS Two. I never played actually. Amazing Netflix cool. series, but never played. Yeah, it's a cool game. It's a cool game. It had uh, the best part of that game. So they had, you play as the Punisher. So it's like a third person. Spoiler shooter, alert! But Jesus. Yeah, spoiler. Well, it's only sixteen years old. And it's called the Punisher. <laughs> so, fuck you, Brandon. <laughs> so you play as the Punisher, and um, depending on the level, like they or depending on I guess the area where the bad guys are, they have like context sensitive kill points. Oh, okay. So if like a bad guy standing beside a stove, you like hold his head down into the stove and or like into like a deep fryer and like kill him that way. Jesus. Um, and like there's oh they're really brutal. Some of them like it's I gotta I, I'll level. post. I'm sure I'll post. I'll post a link in the um in the show notes because I'm sure it'll be there. But it'll just have all of the different Punisher kills. They're pretty dope. <laughs> Makes me think. You remember Manhunt? Like, yeah, I remember Manhunt. Oh man, that game was nuts. Yeah, that's a whole different, 
whole that's a whole other story that's uh yeah that was the start of the uh, adult only uh what's it called the adult only video game rating yeah that slipped through the cracks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so january 17 2006 15 years ago ape escape 3 was released on the ps2 on a very different note than the previous one <laughs> i've actually never played ape escape but it, they look like they're straight out of the nintendo universe yeah ape escape so ape escape 3 wasn't it was okay um but ape escape 1 is definitely one of like the most um impactful game so ape escape one was actually the first video game that used sony's dual stick controls oh fun fact so it was on ps it was on ps1 and you could only play that game if you had a um it wasn't called the dual shock that was the ps2 one but yeah the playstation one like dual stick controller um and yeah, you use one stick to move and then you, the right stick controls like your net or your club and like the different weapons. Uh, and it was really fun. It, although I did go back and, and play it not too long ago. The original Ape Escape mm-hmm. um, doesn't hold up. Yeah, but makes sense. Ape Escape definitely needs to make a return because that used to be one of like Sony's beloved franchises <laughs> that hasn't done really anything um, since PS3 or PS2 since Ape Escape 3. So I definitely needs to definitely needs to come back. Yeah, maybe it'll be an HD remake like Spyro or Crash Bandicoot, and just I could see that. Yeah, I could see that the trilogy the trilogy comes back as like a yeah just yeah. an HD update. Exactly. I could for sure see that. Yeah. Um, on January seventeenth, two thousand eight, thirteen years ago, we had the first Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Fuck. Spoiler alert: Sonic wins the every running race possible, and Mario <laughs> wins the dash. jumps. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know about that game. (laughs) Dope. Uh, January 17, 2011, 10 years ago. Brandon, 10 years ago, Mass Effect 2 was released on PS3. So this is the PS3 kind of, because, yeah, the PS3 version of it. Original one is on Xbox. 360, And this is the PS3 port, yeah. Yeah, and that's actually, so I had played the living hell out of it one at a time it came out onto PS3. But Mass Effect 2 was an incredible game as a whole. And I still remember the day I brought it home. And like a bunch of buddies all came over just to see this this gem, and uh, yeah, it it was incredible. And because I was such a fiend on Dragon Dragon Age, I managed to get the armor that was crafted from Dragon Age, that goes into Mass Effect. So you have like a medieval suit of armor that's N7, which you'll actually allegedly be able to get in the upcoming Mass Effect Legendary Edition that comes out in rumored as of like yesterday March. Yeah stupid announcement i'm still mad at that game and uh, that game awards <laughs> announcement why didn't they just why well, didn't they just so announce separate. the freaking trilogy remake at the game awards i would have been way more hyped than mass effect is content is coming or whatever it was yeah was it? it was kind of dumb just because yeah, or mass it. effect continues i think is what they wrote yeah. and because they said they did that but then they came out with the mass effect legendary edition which is the three original games hd re- remastered but then apparently that still is a new Mass Effect game. So it's like, all right, guys, yeah, like, yeah. we're going to shadow yeah, that, drop. That's what I was saying. Remember, yeah. I think they're going to do the trilogy first, get people re-back with the whole Mass Effect world, and then they'll do number five, or if you don't count Andromeda 4. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, either way, Mass Effect's dumb. January 17th. Mass Effect is except for the third one. <laughs> January 17th, 2012, nine years ago, uh, Shadow of the Colossus was released on PS3. Which... Yet again, another moment of shame. I is still in my backlog to play. 
You gotta play it. Shadow of the Colossus. It is on um, my PS5. I just need to actually play it. It was also on my PS4, and I needed to play it. Yeah, they released a remake back in 2018 on PS4, but Shadow of the Colossus is definitely one of like the coolest games. You have to, you have to try it, Brandon. I think you'll love the game. I think, I think so you'll too. Love it. And just because, like, I, I wanted to try the original uh, forever, even in the back in the like way back in the day. I always it was a game I wanted to get into, and just kind of slipped through the cracks. And then they came out with that HD remake. And uh, it was made by, I, th- I believe, Blue Point Studios. Uh, and I still like just wanted to play it so bad and just never got around to it. And now that we're talking about it and I'm excited about it, I have like seven games in my backlog. So it's still yeah. back there, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely, definitely push that one up. It's it's great. So Shadow of the Colossus pretty much. I don't. Even, do you know much about the game, Brandon? I just know there's like epic bosses and a guy yeah. on a horse and yeah. some super scenic shots. I've stayed pretty Catholic virgin on this one. Okay, cool. So pretty much, yeah, you play as Wander and it's you and your horse, Hero, and you go around and there is no, like, enemy, the, there's no enemies in the game. The only things that you fight are these huge colossus, colossal bosses. So there's, I believe, I wanna say there's like nine of them in total, maybe 13. Um, but so, and then you go and you, you use your sword to like see where they are or like at least a general direction of where they are. And then you go out and you, and you go and you find them. And then each one is different. Some are, some fly, some move quickly, some go under sand, um, some are underwater. So they're all different and you have to scale that Colossus to find their weak points and stab them in their weak points. Um, so you have like a stamina bar for climbing and all that. It's just, it's really cool. It's very beautiful. The remake is absolutely beautiful, like from a cinematic standpoint. And they added in like a ton of details, all that type of stuff. So if you've never played Shadow of the Colossus, um, highly, highly recommend. Perfect. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good for my first time. Yeah. Take good care of me. Absolutely. So that is it. That is this week in gaming. So that that's like, that was a hefty pretty- week. Yeah, pretty heavy hitters um, throughout the years, kind of on from the week of January, what, 11th to January 17th. So Yeah, there's some um, incredible games that came up in that. Like, this was, yeah. this is a good time, so you know what? That's, that's good. Yeah, awesome week, awesome week. So with that, let us transition into a super dive, no spoilers, breakdown bonanza, a.k.a. a review of Demon's Souls. So on this week's episode, uh, we are, or by we, I mean Brandon, is going to give his review of Demon Souls on PS5. So Brandon, I know you've been playing it. I know you're a huge Souls fan in general. Um, you finally beat through the new one that you got for Christmas. So yeah, walk <laughs> us through it. How How is the review, man? Oh, so yeah. Or how is the game, not the review? How is the game? Well, the review will hopefully be good. But uh, yeah. So as, as if you've been listening from the beginning, you've heard me talk about Souls as a series and a genre now in the past and how much of a fan I am. So you'll also know that Demon Souls took my V card in the Soulsborne as it did for everyone that played it because it was the first of its kind. Uh, I mean, like when you're in an elevator pitch type situation and you say, all right, we're gonna make a game that's really hard with no, no difficulty options to switch it. And you're like, okay, cool. You're not gonna be able to pause the game ever. You can never push pause. It's like, okay, that's kind of messed up. And every time you die, 
the enemies get harder. Okay, that's really messed up. And, and, every time you die, you lose all of your experience that you've gotten up to that point, and it takes half your health off of you. The guy's like, dude, you're fucked. Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, you're basically making a masochist of a game. Uh, but it was a cult classic at the beginning. It was, like, EBs across the nation got two copies of it, three copies of it, and were sold out everywhere. Uh, it was amazing. I played, like, speaking about the original, I that was one of the, like, the first games I ever probably 100%ed. I went through everything. Um, I even, like, died enough times to get the world tendencies down to, like, unlock secret passageways. I did everything. So when it came time for an HD PS5 remake of it, I was obviously extremely excited. I had a lot of faith in Bluepoint that they would do a good job. And I was not disappointed. Literally, everything you remember from the first one is there. Like, they do a great job of fixing all the old mechanics to really make it feel more modern. And they, f they fix the controls, like being able to roll in a 360-degree uh, like directional thing or area. But then they also leave in some of the bugs that you can exploit in the bosses. And like all the cheesy things like in one two where you just shoot the dragon with the, like with an arrow a thousand times so it dies and you don't have to fight it later. Like all the little things that you remember are all there, but with some new nice housekeeping thing that's well received. Like a world tendency meter. There's a whole screen now where you can see world tendency. Which for those which world which world tendency? So I was just about to say. So world tendency is every time you die, like you start at white. And you can go to the black. So every time you die, basically, the world tendency will get a little darker in the in the area that you're in. So for those that don't know, Demon Souls, there's initially five areas that you can go into. And they're all like, you start off in the next is a central hub, which is safe. And there's no enemies there. And that's your permanent safe spot. You choose to go through a warp stone that takes you into one of five worlds. But every single time you die in that world it gets a little darker and as it gets darker in the world tendency which is just a fancy way of like a meter that shows it getting grayer and grayer and grayer until it's fully black and once you hit like every time you die basically the enemies get a little harder but then also the rewards that they give you are a little bigger like a little better a little bigger so in some parts of the game to get certain weapons or get to certain areas you actually have to die a ton of times to make it black and then new enemies will actually spawn so <clears throat> even in the remake this happened to me on one one instance there's one part everyone that's played that knows that 4-2 is just the worst for the run and i died so many times that next thing you know two massive new enemies that are crazy powerful spawn and now you have to get by them because you were having so much trouble before the game is incredibly punishing uh but Despite it being insanely punishing, I still remember starting it up for the first time. You get to Act 1-1, Balateria. You see this massive castle with this badass dragon over top of it. And I'm hooked, obviously, because there's a dragon. And, uh, and then you see this massive stairwell. And you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to run up the stairwell. I died for four hours, nonstop, going up this stairwell. <laughs> and this is like, I've never played a game like this before, right? Like, I had no idea. I never experienced a Soulsborne-style game. After four hours or so of dying going up the stairwell, I finally got it, the hang of it, and I loved every second of it. 
put it in perspective, once you've actually played a few Soulsborns and you know how it goes, I think I died, like, I only died four times against bosses my entire playthrough, and that stairwell made it in first shot, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Question for you. Yeah. What What clicked? What was, like, what was the thing that, like, you were, like, dying, 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 and what was, like, the one thing that kind of finally clicked and let you, like, you know what I mean? What got you over that hill? Yeah, so, you know, that's a good point, because at the time, uh, gaming was pretty standard, you know? Like, and we're talking uh, PS2, PS... Like, the PS3 was pretty new still. You weren't getting in-depth world mechanics. You weren't getting like, some of the things you're used to now, like which is commonplace in the Assassin's Creed series and the remakes. The combat was you couldn't be aggressive. You had to be patient, which doesn't go well in video games. Demon Souls and all Soulsborne games is all about patience. It's incredibly tense, fast-paced patience, which is even harder. Uh, so in Demon Souls, you don't get it so much. It's, that's why it's a great introduction to the, to the series. Because in future Soulsborne games, you might fight a boss for half an hour and finally get him down to the last hit. And then he'll one-shot you because that's what they can do. And you have to do it all over again, and it's fucking terrible. But also so much fun. And there's no better feeling. Like, no better feeling in gaming, let me rephrase that, uh, than beating a, a Soulsborne boss. The wave of release, and if you're wearing like a Fitbit, you can see your heart rate drop because you're like this is the release that you get from beating a boss so demon souls is a great way to enter that you have to be patient you have to know the enemies because the same enemies are there every single time you die until you die Mm -hmm. enough and new ones spawn in different places but it's always the same bosses or same enemies in the same places so eventually you literally know what they do you know their moves you know what they're going to telegraph and it's memorization patience and insanely badass weapons and armor and all that good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so traditionally through all Soulsborne games, I'm a strength build type of guy. I just love big armor, big swords, crushing people with one hits. love it. It's my thing. This time for the first time ever, I actually tried magic because as most people will say, magic is easy mode in Demon Souls. And I can say it is actually easy mode. <laughs> So if you've never played a Soulsborne game, you want to give one a try, Demon Souls, go straight magic. You will have a great time. It is fun. It is not easy by any means, but it is way easier than anything else. Like, especially... Is that just because... Sorry? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry okay. to cut you off. No, no, no. Please, no, it's keep okay. going. Keep going. So, like, even, like, little things, right? Like, when you come to magic, eventually once you beat, um, I think it's the Dragon God in 2-4 you could use his soul so that's a whole another thing every boss that you beat gives you a unique soul hence demon souls and that unique soul can be used to forge a weapon or a spell depending on the soul and you can mo- most of the time they forge two things sometimes just one so like to get all of them you have to beat the game more than once uh, but with the dragon god he gives you this spell called firestorm which literally one shot almost every boss I played in through the rest of the playthrough until you get to later bosses and then it's actually really still hard but yeah just as a whole playing through magic finally getting to experience that was awesome uh but enough about even that like let's talk about just more so how well Bluepoint did remaking this original game that I loved so much mm-hmm. yeah when I 
so there's a few times during because it's been a while since I played it. I was going on videos to look up, all right, like what? How do I get this again? Or how do I do this again? Like what's the method? And sometimes you get videos of the old PS3 version. And what I'm seeing now is what my child brain remembers of this incredibly <laughs> gorgeous game. And now I'm actually go back and I see it. I'm like fuck, this thing looked like a like a car crash. Like it was. It's so dated in its looks. The old one. And to say that an HD remake is arguably the best looking game on PS5 right now is something. Like the way that you cast a spell, especially for magic, the way you feel it shoot through the dual sense controller, it literally feels like the magic is coming out of your hands. And then it shoots That's the cool. sound out of it out of the speaker into your face. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. And one thing I was also like happy but also disappointed about too, which was weird. Which it does haptic really well, but it does no hap or uh, adaptive trigger feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It might do it on bows. I actually didn't use a bow the whole time, but which at first I'm like, oh, I really want to feel the tension. But in a Souls game, if you got tension and it slows you down by a second, you'd fucking mer- like you'd be so mad because yeah. they might have killed you because sometimes half a second is all you have to get your hit on this boss. And like, if you had to get delayed by a second, people would be turning it off anyways. So in the end, it wasn't a big deal. But as mm-hmm. a whole, the graphics are incredible. Uh, from literally starting the PS5 to like turning on the PS5 to being in my game took maybe 15 seconds because of the super crazy fast speeds. Everything was smooth. I never had a crash. I never had lag, never had frame rate dips. Everything ran perfectly which was amazing after going from cyberpunk to demon souls yeah, yeah uh, that's a big jump yeah it was like wiping my ass with silk it was beautiful <laughs> uh yeah it's just, honestly as a whole i could literally talk about demon souls forever i could do a whole episode on it because of how much i love that series and that's the granddaddy of everything we know now as a Soulsborne game the world tendency thing never came back because it's pretty fucked up realistically uh and you don't see that in different games like so like dark souls and you don't like there's so many things that just changed over the years and this game still holds up 100 percent. they've remastered it beautifully everything you remember from the original you'll get every nostalgic feel possible you'll get all the old farming areas all the old glitches like the flame lurker getting him stuck behind a pole you could still do that and then cheese him like crazy because he's the hardest fucking boss in the world uh he's such a dick but so satisfying when you beat <laughs> and uh, is this is demon souls the first um like the first of the souls games or is dark souls or what's like is this the or this like is which the one is granddaddy this of the entire the genre fir- the very very first one right yeah souls born cool. as a whole comes from demon souls mixed with bloodborne yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then so it went demon souls and then dark souls one and two yeah and then um bloodborne sekiro and now this right that's uh, kind of dark the... souls three came before sekiro okay yeah cool. but uh yeah dark souls also i've i would love to play a remake of that because in my opinion it was actually better it's just it's perfect there's literally i have nothing negative and i've never seen a game with better world design because in Demon Souls, there's so there's no saves. Everything auto saves. If you die, you start over. It's almost roguelike in that sense. And 
if you die, the starting point of that level is where you start every time until you beat a boss, and then the boss gives you a new start point to go into the next area. But they have That's shortcuts. Frustrating. Yeah. Oh, it can be like crazy, but it does have shortcuts. So you can fight your way through, and instead of a checkpoint, you'll have like a door that opens up near the like at the very start, and then that way you can just run. It, it does shorten it. It does do it nicely that way. But in De- like Dark Souls the level design is like one massive world that all like like intertwines so perfectly oh I, that's a oh, it's so good like it's it's i want to play that so bad but as a whole demon souls if you've never played it you won't be disappointed but play it as a magic user maybe first if you unless you're brave as hell uh cuz you can also flip flop like you can there's there's weapons that scale with magic power so you can actually use a sword and still rely on magic as a crutch to help get you through the tough spots it's the perfect way to start it pick a a magistrate i think it is uh as your starting class because you get soul arrow which is a magic spell and that's how you can start i think everyone that owns a ps5 owes it to themselves to play this if if you're not sure about it don't buy it at launch like or like right now when it's full price wait till it goes down in price whatever but it's it's the best game on ps5 i've played so far and that's awesome it's incredible i definitely i so i like i definitely want to borrow this one from you um and go with like magic Mm -hmm. because i i don't like the souls games um (laughs) they just frustrate me so way too much i've 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 played sekiro um i got pretty far in sekiro but then it just i just got to a boss that like i i wasn't beating them mm-hmm. i it was like it was just over at that point um is when yeah when you spend like three hours trying to beat a single boss and you can't do it and it's just like fuck this yeah like- <laughs> and Sekiro is a very different souls born universe game it's its own mm-hmm. breed so it's yeah. not a, it's not necessarily the best one to start with anyways yeah and then and then i've played bloodborne as well and same with bloodborne like bloodborne i've tried i've gone back i've gone back to bloodborne like i think three times now and just can't get into it either um so i'm hoping because i like again i know how good the games are um but i'm hoping that demon souls is definitely the the one that finally like gets me over that hurdle as well and i think it will just because sekiro i loved it it's great but it's one of the only soulsborne games that i got stuck on a boss and i never beat uh bloodborne i want to love it it's one of my least favorite of the Soulsborne series, personally. Mm, hot uh, take. Yeah, That's it a is. Controversial statement it's, it's, right it is a controversial. Like people love Bloodborne in yeah, the in the it. Souls world, but you know what? I'm a medieval sword and shield guy myself. I don't care for Lovecraft that much, and that's probably why the magic didn't really wheel me in that much. But realistically, Dark Souls is the goat. It's the best, hundred cool. percent. Demon Souls, probably two second or third. Uh, Dark Souls 3 gives it a run for its money. But cool. Yeah. Definitely a must play. And so with that Brandon, out of 10, no, out of 100, we're doing 100 rating. Oh yes. Out of 100, what what would you give this game out of 100? Uh because the only thing I can say negatively about this game is it does not have a storyline like most Soulsborne games. So I'm going to give it a solid 9.595 even rating just because it's pretty good because it does have a story it's just not really an actual story yeah yeah like it's it's the same like you get the snippets of lore and like pickups this king's gone evil save the world find these eight people in the world and help them go that's the story spoiler alert that's it (laughs) Uh, not all games not all games need stories but that's why elden (laughs) ring 
is going to be and that's why it's so hyped because it's yeah. it's Soulsborn made by FromSoft with George R.R. R. Martin writing the story so and he hasn't been writing anything else which I've joked about before so he better be writing something good for Elden that's Ring that's your perfect that's your perfect story exactly dope well that's awesome Nine, 95 is great and segueing that actually so we've spoken about him before um with shadow of the colossus with um the demon souls remake and both of those games were actually made by blue point games so uh i well we wanted to just do a dive mm-hmm. into blue point games um they're just an incredible studio and i know that we want to start highlighting more studios that definitely just deserve rec- that the recognition 100 um so so it was founded in 2006 by Marco Thrush and the late Andy O'Neill. Both part, uh, both people, so both Andy and Marco, were part of the Metroid Prime engineering team over at Retro Games, which is a, a, just another absolutely incredible studio. So they've grown the studio from from about from well the two of them, and now they're a 90 plus person team. So really been able. That's to a make, huge like, jump. Yeah, huge strides there. Good for them. Um, so the studio actually started off with them creating their own games. So the first game was called Blast Factor. And then from there, they shifted over to um, work with other companies on ports and remasters. So they are like the top tier pinnacle of ports and remasters in terms of kind of like companies going to a team and saying like hey we have this game can you bring it over to a new system a new console whatever it is so some some notable works from them is on the ps3 side of things so they did the god of war collection so they brought over god of war one and two from the ps2 onto the ps3 um god of war just again one of the greatest franchises uh on also on the ps3 they did the Eco and Shadow of Colossus collection. So they remastered both Eco and Shadow of Colossus. On the Xbox 360, they did the remake for the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. So they were in charge of doing Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, as well as Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Um, which both of those games are considered the two best Metal Gear Solid games. Which I never got and with Snake Eater. I you know, Snake Eater's Snake Eater's a hundred percent the best one. Oh, I I thought it was one of my least favorites. It's dude. I just the, I, I would I remember just a couple points. I did like oh, I'm 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 boned. Shit, let me just run through the checkpoint and disappear into the wilderness. And I I remember I it wasn't my favorite, but yeah, that's a whole different thing though. Metal Gear man, Solid, but oh, that's a that's yeah. a two and a half hour podcast, which won't even oh, cover yeah. one cinema scene in four. <laughs> Yeah, which will uh, by the end of it make zero sense because Hideo Kojima just went off, went off with his craziness. But yeah. Metal Gear Solid Three, I don't. You gotta re, you gotta replay Metal Gear Solid Three, Brandon. The the boss battle against the end. So the end is like the the sniper boss battle, and it's the old guy. And if you you can actually thought, beat him, I thought there's a different boss. No, there's the a, there's, a, was the there's another girl. boss sniper sniper wolf. That's in the second one. Oh okay yeah yeah but the the end so it's an old man and he's a sniper mm-hmm. and you can actually beat him so there's like a hideo kojima programming it in but you can beat him by if you push forward your console like the date and time on your console if you push that forward it you'll come back <laughs> and you actually find him dead of old age <laughs> instead of having to fight him like brilliant brilliant the game's kojima? unreal continuing uh yeah, on kojima PS- did oh man like having to yeah, switch kojima's... the save files Could... in the what was it ps1 because PS1, of uh, dark mantis one. we had yeah. to switch it because he's corrupting it yeah. yeah 
insane oh, so cool insane yeah we'll talk about we'll talk yeah, about yeah, Metal that's Gear a whole thing. it'll have it'll have its time yes it will. um so ps vita it did the port of playstation all-stars battle royale ps4 it was uh it did all of the ports for uncharted the uncharted nathan drake collection so it, it, it port, uh, they ported uncharted one two and three and then more recently so they were the ones who did the full remake of shadow of colossus on the ps4 and finally they did the remake of uh demon souls on ps5 so <laughs> so yeah just in those last two I hope just from what you've heard on this podcast, you know that these people are badasses. They do yeah. not fuck around. Well, honestly, even the fact even the fact that they're allowed to touch pretty much like the greatest franchises between God of War, between Metal Gear Solid, between Uncharted, between Demon Souls. Yeah. For someone to sign off on that at all those companies, be like, yeah, yeah, we trust these guys with your babies. Like that it, it says it for itself and i hope just from just from my little touchings on the hours i could speak about the demon souls remake you get the idea that these people do not fuck around they yeah. will capture every bit of magic that you remember possible they are amazing and i would yeah, love so to see what they could do with with a free like free range of their own ip but. Yeah, I I would be I would I think they will do their own IP stuff, but I also don't hate the fact of them just freaking rocking yeah, remakes. I would, like when when a Blue Point takes like when Blue Point Games takes on a remake, you know that you're gonna be getting the top tier yeah, of like hundred percent game. And they could that's such a a tight niche that nobody else could take that from them. That like that that could be your bread and butter like that's all you unfortunately yeah there's no creative it's like being a really really great songwriter and writing them for shitty pop stars like yeah you're never gonna get your actual creativity out there but you're gonna be rich as fuck so it's not all bad unless you're yeah. sia you know and then sia comes out and just making her own bangers instead of writing them for everybody else but <laughs> absolutely yeah so now now that demon souls came out and came with such critically acclaim um the big question on the horizon is what is blue point going to be doing next oh. so not too long ago blue point actually tweeted out a very a very cryptic and very troll like tweet Ooh. like i could i could 100 percent see all of these people like seeing like a group of like 20 people just pissing their pants around a boardroom trying to like okay what else can we add into this to like throw people off and to get people like losing their mind um so the tweet reads saying, actually mikey you mind if i read this with some pizzazz Brandon, please. I yes, take that. Right. Take it away, my friend. So this is the tweet from Blue Point Studios. So calm this spooky night. A symphony of rumors. Not one, but two return from the shadows. A resistance to dart home as black monsters. Escape twisted hills to wander. Yawns, lance, and siphon. Souls. Filter your candy collections, soft from solid, and be eco-friendly. Have a metal Halloween. Thank you, Brandon. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to. I tried to lay it on thick. I loved it, buddy. Thanks. Um, okay, so for the people listening who maybe don't play a ton of game or don't um don't know a ton about like kind of video game history that just probably sounds like a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo but there is for sure some breakdown in terms of like they're giving away some cryptic stuff in terms of what they could be working on next 
Um, so let's start from the top, Brandon. Okay, so this one I saw online. So most of them I was picking out and I was like, okay, this is one, this is one, this is one. And then I went and I looked online to see, okay, what are other people saying? So the first one that I saw, I don't know if I agree with this one, but it would be pretty cool. But So Calm also sounds like So Calm, which is like the classic PlayStation army shooter. Um, I don't see Blue Point Games making a new SOCOM. No, that doesn't I, seem like they're I think that like one kind of squashed. Yeah. Um, the next one, though, so A Symphony of Rumors, obviously, I think with that is, um, without a doubt, a, uh, a nod to Symphony of the Night, the Castlevania game. Yeah, which is actually pretty heavily rumored that they're doing it. But instead of... Uh like they're going to remake it the perspective on it as well like you're going to be doing it from i think it's either first person or third person no like yeah instead of top down it's third person um, yeah so Symf symphony of the night was like a side scrolling it was a 2d side scrolling um and really the start it, it converted uh castlevania games into what is now known as the metroidvania genre so um symphony of the night was the first game in the metroidvania genre they get the vania part of the metroidvania as well as metroid gets the first part um and those two games kind of started a brand new style of game where it's a 2d scroller and you are initially blocked off to reach certain parts or get through certain doors and then once you obtain a certain item or a certain new skill point then you're able to progress um, I think we've talked about it before. They're my personal favorite genre of game. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what you were saying with them changing around the perspective of it. So that I think where it comes from Return from the Shadow. So uh, there are the two, um, the two Castlevania games. I believe they're on PlayStation 3. Um, and they are, they both have Shadow in the name. And they are in the kind of a third person behind the back perspective rather than the 2d the 2d scrolling <laughs> yeah and and stuff like that like that can work like just look at resident evil 2 remake that instead of going from a fixed camera you're now into a free range full third person like perspective and it it works beautifully so i would love to see a 3d modeled version yeah lords of shadows uh i never played them there were spiders in it so i didn't play it but they were supposed to be okay, okay. i'll, I'll uh, give you the spoods report i'll take over when you Thanks, dude. Yeah. Oh no! If Symphony of the Night comes out, there's no spoons in Symphony oh, okay. of the Night, so I'll dude. play. I'll play the crap out of that game. Gotcha. That game, Symphony of the Night, is one of the most perfect games that's ever been made as well. Um, yeah, yeah, high praise, but incredible. So continuing on, so a resistance to the dark, uh, a resistance to dark to dart home as black monsters. So that one there. So apparently, dark dart and black monsters is a reference to the Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> Yes, which actually, from deep diving into the internets, that is also a pretty heavily rumored thing that, at least as a fun side project, they're casually working on remaking Legend of Dragoon, which would be amazing because Legend of Dragoon was the original in terms of uh, like button-pushing sequences in combat, which, we, which was then like, made famous by God of War. So like, mm -hmm. if those of you, most people wouldn't have heard, like a lot of people nowadays probably have never even heard of Legend of Dragoon. But for those of you that loved playing PS One RPGs, it was one of the best ever made. Yeah, I always get I always get Panzer Dragoon and Legend of Dragoon mixed up. But I remember renting Legend of Dragoon from Blockbuster and playing that with my brother. I actually found a copy of it from original PS One in a box I was unpacking the other day. 
Yeah. It has like four discs, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> so the next one is Twisted Hills. So Twisted Hills, that could be Silent Hills. Um, I don't, so, so that one could be Silent Hills as well as kind of Jumping Head. So it's Twisted Hills here. And then they also have, have a metal, metal Halloween. So this one might be a bit of a stretch, but Twisted and Metal. Yeah, um, that's a f- obviously Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. I think that's a which fan would be expectation. Amazing. Like that's what every like a lot of people would love to see a new twisted metal game, but I think that's uh I think there's a little bit more to that one. Yeah. Um because then it goes and then to Wanderland. So Wander is the name of the character that you play in um Shadow of the Colossus. And obviously it says like there's Wander there and then eco friendly, but it's eco like E C O dash friendly, um, which is Ico, or like Ico is the other game. So Ico is the the game that is before Shadow of the Colossus. So they're part of like a friend. Uh, they're part of it goes Ico Shadow Colossus and then the Last Guardian, the a family of games. Yeah. Well, the other thing too with the metal, that um, is is been widely seen on some places on the internet. Uh, basically, about a year or two ago, before Demon Souls remake was announced, there was this one interneter. I don't know. I can't remember his handle or anything like that. But he basically said, "This just out. Blue Point is mi- remaking Demon Souls." flat out same guy uh, i think it was last year said guess what they're remaking metal gear solid one so the metal like very metal halloween might be a mm-hmm. reference to this coming october them announcing or even releasing the remake of metal gear solid one which would be amazing yeah. and and so the line here of soft and solid i believe also is that's with metal gear as well so i took soft and solid obviously there's like solid snake is the yeah. main character in metal gear solid so that one leads it yeah and, and then soft, soft is liquid. i was thinking liquid snake yeah. for soft mm-hmm. right liquid liquid snake and solid snake so they definitely threw their metal gear solid um that into the mix well, soft off the works with uh you know silky snake <laughs> there's no silky yeah. snake right uh and then actually you know which one i did love so they put uh wonderlands and siphon souls so siphon souls period and then filter your candy collection so siphon and filter which is another beloved ps1 game that hasn't been seen since playstation 1 exactly um and if they did another siphon filter i could see them coming back as well yeah because those were really beloved back in the day absolutely so a ton of games there um brandon if you had to put your money on one what would you put your money on? Uh, well, like I, I think it's pretty much like ninety percent semi confirmed. Uh, not maybe not ninety, but like seventy percent that Metal Gear Solid is coming from Blue Point. Uh, whether or not that is, ju- I, I'm assuming it's just going to be the first one, which really could use the remake the most because mm-hmm. obviously it's the oldest. But like it's, in my opinion, even playing them all pretty recently actually. Uh, the first one is still my favorite and to put put that as a remake would just be so good it'd be so good all three if they did if they somehow came out with like a trilogy in one box set i think well the world would lose their mind but even if they just even if they just did number one or number two or number three like if they did them in order whatever it was yeah um would be like game changing yeah insane say the least so I think 100% the next one that's coming out from Bluepoint is Metal Gear Solid 1. Um, and I just, but the one I want the most is Legend of Dragoon. 
Really? No. Okay, so like, I think I I do think it will be Metal Gear Solid some in some form or way. Uh, if the one I would want the most would probably be Symphony of the Night, though. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I I would be so curious to see how they do. So there's so many things in Metal Gear Solid One that it's like they could only do at the time because that's just how technology was. So for example, um. So in Metal Gear Solid, you have a thing. It's called a codex. Think of it as a kind of like a telephone, and you put in, um, and you put in not coordinates, but it's like, like radio station frequencies, right? And they call different people. And there's one part of the game that, in order to find the frequency of who to call, it's actually on the back of the box as an image. <laughs> and and you have to look on the back of the box and it's kind of hidden because like again Hideo, uh, Hideo Kojima who is the creator of it he's like he just loves to troll people um so yeah so it's hidden on the back of the box but obviously like f- over 50 percent of games now are, are bought did not are, are bought digital and not physical so there really is no back of the box um the other thing is when you're fighting like you know the psycho mantis box oh yeah yeah, so the, the game card. has uh, Psycho Mantis, which is easily one of the coolest bosses of all time, 100%. and he is—he has telekinesis power, and within the game, he goes in, um, like, he, so in PlayStation 1, he reads the memory card on your memory card slot and starts naming out games that you've played, right? And he's like, oh, I can read your mind, like, you've played this game and this game. Uh, and then, actually, in order to beat him, you have to unplug your controller, or, like, an, yeah, you have to, yeah. Sorry, I don't know if you have to do it, but either way, to beat him, you have to unplug your controller from controller spot one and put it into controller spot two. So then he can't read your mind anymore because otherwise he blocks your controls. Yeah. And it's just like brilliant things like that. And it's like, yeah, now you don't physically plug a controller in, right? So like how you can't move it over to controller slot two, but I'm sure Bluepoint will come up with some some pretty awesome things for Psycho Mantis. Yeah, yeah. well, actually they address that in... Uh uh i think it's metal gear solid 4 on ps3 where so the, i think you have to fight psycho Manus again and they're like quick unplug your controller and then you're like there's i can't remember his name the scientist guy is like wait snake this is ps this is ps3 there isn't a cord what what do we do it's like uh instead of that you have to go and push this button and then like they have a little fun way of making fun of themselves about it and, and reminiscing so i have no fear that like something's gonna happen this time like the, the Kojima always figures out something. Blue Point will figure out something just as fun. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll be working, or at least they'll be like in conversation with Kojima too, if they do in fact get this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So either way, it's gonna be awesome. Um, whatever they decide to do, even if it's none of those games, um, anything Blue Point touches, I am definitely interested in, and I will definitely be like exactly on the lookout. You for. could say they have the golden touch despite being blue doesn't work well (laughs) doesn't work well i just uh, yeah (laughs) i tried that is is it and lastly brandon i know you want to talk about it a bit so let's i'm gonna pass it over to you but let's jump over to brandon's random reviews So, Brandon, for this week's edition of Brandon's Random Review, what do you bring in for us? All right. So, this week, we have a semi-two-parter in Brandon's Random Review. Just to mix things up, we got a little music and we got a little books. So, uh, first of the, the shorter of the two, realistically, 
as many of you know that are fans of the genre and the band the deftones uh the infamous and arguably the best album they've ever put out white pony celebrating its 20th anniversary recently uh, as such the band came out to say like you know what they just wanted to put out a new version of the album that was a little just what they wanted to do a little fun so they actually not to be confused as some people were potentially on this podcast it is a two disc uh thing the first disc is white pony as you remember it just slightly remastered but the second disc which digitally you just have to skip ahead is actually an all dj'd version of the original album so every song has been taken uh, like just re not remastered obviously but redone like yeah. completely remixed yeah that's a good way to put it uh, completely remixed by various djs and as like the lead singer chino was talking about it was like you know this was kind of just a vanity thing like they just they thought it would be fun they wanted to do it see what would what people would do with it and you know what if as a huge fan of the original album uh i was really curious too so i skipped right ahead so you got different djs that work on this like famous ones like dj shadow or mike shinoda from lincoln park and you got some other ones that i'm, I'm not big into the dj scene so like clams casino and like blanche mass and salva phantograms people like that i i don't actually know that well but as a whole uh it was extremely different than the original album uh very chill for the most part very relaxed like not like heavy beats by any means you could play this for almost anybody and they would be like this is pretty good you know like this is like a really relaxing type of song uh I know, Mikey, you were talking about Teenager as uh, remixed by Robert Smith. You loved it. And, like, it was really relaxing. Like, it's just something you could just, you could picture reading a book to by, like, a window. It's just, like, super <laughs> relaxing. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, it's for the for teenagers the, the still deep, pretty, like, okay. it's, <laughs> they're pretty, like, rock emotionally charged songs. Okay, yeah. So, so for the deeply metal born, like, just, like, we're like i could fall asleep listening to lamb of god no problem uh so for me it was super relaxing and chill uh but then this album so some of my favorite songs in in deftones history uh change in the house of flies passenger knife party incredible incredible deftone songs uh knife party easily easily on my top 10 favorite songs of all time might even be in the top five. I don't know. I'd have to actually think about it. But some of these songs, they put on such a fun little twist. So for me, like hearing something like Knife Party was just, yeah, it was just, I love the song as an original. So it was kind of cool to hear it as a beauty thing. So if you're a fan of Deftones, you love White Pony, very cool. I recommend giving it a listen. Uh, Mikey, as someone that's, that's heard, definitely listened to Deftones a little bit over the time, what did you think when you went back through it? So I've actually never listened to Deftones, oh, believe okay. it or not. All right. Like my All right. my music taste, I want to, like I'm pretty confident in saying that it's pretty like eclectic. Yeah. You can, I'm sure you can back me up there, mm -hmm. but um, I've actually never listened to Deftones, so it was okay. cool to go in and to go in and listen to it. Yeah. Um, there's definitely songs on the album that was not my kind of like forte in something that like the album as a whole. Mm -hmm. 
no i not to say i didn't like it because that's not the right word like i definitely appreciate the band and i appreciate the music but i it's not definitely not something that i'm like excited to go back to um but that being said there's for sure a couple of songs um like pink maggot is definitely um my favorite song on the album for sure it's very psychedelic um when you're listening to it it sounds very much much more i thought than like a, a led zeppelin or like a, a pink floyd-esque type song mm-hmm. um in the the song structure of it the even the, the way he sang yeah. um really really reminded me of those bands but what i did appreciate about the album is their variety of songs yes right like some songs are very nirvana-esque mm-hmm. some songs are very like metal mm-hmm. um some songs again like like knife party is very slow and teenager like very slow so I did really enjoy that. And even the fact that this album came out 20 years ago is pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't sound like it came out 20 years ago. And I think one of the funny things, I thought about this on my way home today. In terms of the metal, metal like, hard rock scene, in terms of, like, Barry White-level music to bang to, Change in the House of Flies is, like, they're in the metal community, at least, the amount of babies that have been made in the past 20 years to the original version of change in the house of flies holy bejesus there's got to be oodles oodles of kids to that song uh <laughs> it is yeah what barry white is to normal people it is that it's it's great uh so to hear it remade by a dj where it's just kind of loses all of that like magic it's just it's just it was interesting and that kind of like I was really excited to hear Change of the Fly to see what they did with Change of the House of Flies and I was a little disappointed, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So some of the remixes are definitely stronger than others, but yes. I was like I definitely I definitely was enjoying listening to the regular album over the remixes. Like I thought Knife Party, the original Knife Party was way, way, way so better good. than the remix Knife Party. Yeah, and same with Passenger even. Like Passenger yeah, I agree you get manured coming in there as a as a feature for those that don't know tool you might have heard of them they're kind of a big deal uh yeah manured and chino go head to head just singing in passenger insane just incredible original song the remake yeah yeah like the dj version was okay it's not not the best like as a whole it's pretty cool if if you're a fan of deftones i'd recommend trying it out obviously just just to see and if you're not a fan and you just like you want to be maybe easy mode exposed to deftones then yeah give give the uh, remade de- or the remix version a try yeah and as someone uh, like this is the last thing i'll add as someone who doesn't listen to a ton in that genre um if the first song turns you off a bit don't just shut off like keep going through the album because the the songs do vary um, and I think yeah, it comes in even if you're not big in metal or even if you're not even super big into like rock, like harder rock, um, I still think you'll be able to find at least one or two songs that would like resonate with you a little yeah, bit more. Like so one, you're going to, no matter what genre of music you listen to, you're going to find one song where you're like, you know what? That's on my playlist. Like that's, yeah, that's not, cool. not half bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least one. Cool. Yeah. For everyone, which is pretty good. Cool. So that is the Deftones album. And then anything else, Brandon? Uh, and the last thing on these two-part double special sandwich of uh, Brandon's random reviews is just going to be actually a book series. Uh, it's called The Warded Man, as you would have heard from the previous podcast. I just finished the book two recently, and I'm now starting. I'm about 150 pages into book three. 
So it's just one of those series I want to draw some attention to just because I'm a huge fantasy nerd. It's what I love for reading. And this is one of the best fantasy series that I've ever read. Um, if, if not for anything, originality. So as much as I just finished the second book, I'll start it off. It starts as the Word of Man series, obviously, as I said. It is written by Peter V. Brett. Uh, it's been out for a while. Basically, the universe set is old-timey, like medieval, sword shield type of world. And once the sun goes down, demons literally come from hell and take over Earth every night. So the only thing that keeps people safe is, spoiler alert in the title, wards that are passed down from ancient times. So uh, most people in modern day... They draw up their wards on their houses and it keeps them safe for the night while the demons try and break into their house and it's a whole like crazy wild world and you can set up mobile circles and you still get messages across you can still travel at night but it's extremely dangerous and the people that do it are very well revered but basically this the book series of the ward of man starts in basically people finding out old magic the way things used to be more advanced wards how to survive better how to actually maybe combat them and that's where the series starts you've got old school medieval fantasy magic demons coming from hell trying to wipe out the earth and good people from different walks of life with different abilities trying to combat the darkness and save humanity so if that tickles your fancy i recommend you deep you start with the word of man and actually dig into this and I've even shown this to some people that aren't big into fantasy, and they've really loved it because the writing is spectacular. The characters are great, very original uh, in their designs of what they like the narratives. And uh, after just finishing the second one, which I don't even want to talk too much about just because of it might spoil some stuff uh, in the first book, but just the finishing the second one and seeing how unlike other books maybe like i don't know the hunger games the first one which was amazing and then the second one just went to shit and went from there uh this one the first one was good the second one's fucking great like incredible so good uh and now that i'm into the third one it's still good so far it's not as good as the second but it is still extremely good and if you're a big fantasy nerd must read if you're looking for something new Dope. Yeah. Sounds good, yeah. man. Cool. Yeah. That's all. So, Brandon, we did, we did it. it. Episode five in the book. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. So good. Five down. Yeah. And who knows how many left. But exactly. Yeah. Right, you know what? We got five. Yep. We got five. That's more. That's five more than what we thought we would ever exactly. get. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know what? Yep. What started as a, a conversation has turned into five episodes plus an episode zero. So, I think that's pretty damn good, man. Love it. Love it. Well, with that, everyone, that is episode five of Growing Up Gaming. Um, like last time, I'm going to be putting in uh, a link in the in the show notes and you can go in and kind of yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback on the episode. Let us know how we can get better. Let us know what you loved so that we can continue to do it. And yeah, we're here for you guys just as much as we are for us. And this has been it's been a blast so far. So yeah. Um, thank you for everyone who did leave reviews and um, feedback for us last time. 
and we're just going to continue to to get better and continue to enjoy just what we're doing. So um, thank you for that. And with that, again, it's been episode five. It's been a blast. Thank you all. Have I hope you all have a wonderful week and we will catch you next Thursday. And in the meantime, guys, thank you so much yet again, like I said, for supporting us and listening to us. And if you had half as much fun listening to this episode as we did making it, then you're doing pretty damn good. So thanks for stopping by and sharing some of your time with us.